Relative Dimension presents The Forsaken Frontier, an actual play podcast using Deadlands 20th Anniversary Edition by Pinnacle Entertainment Group. As the scene starts, we start by looking at the sun, high up in the sky, through a veil of thin dark clouds. Then the view begins to drop, until we are looking down a street full of people. They seem to be looking at the camera, and most look expectant. They don't seem to be happy, some are making angry gestures, the sound is very muffled as though we're hearing it from ears stuffed with cotton. We focus on a young blonde woman with hate-filled eyes that seems to be shouting something. Then the view turns slowly, panning across the people, and there in town square is a gallows. A tall man, his gray mustache and beard neatly trimmed, leads a woman to the center of the platform and places a noose around her neck. Uh, Sunny, describe this woman. Uh, this woman is about 5'8". She has strawberry blonde hair braided down uh, her back. Uh, she is built a little more solidly than most women. She's not delicate by any you know, stretch of the imagination. She is built solidly um, muscular, but still kind of feminine. Um, she also uh, is very tan-skinned. Uh, it looks like she's spent a lot of time outdoors, and she does not smile. And her face, even though it's very young, she's only about 19 years old, uh, it's freckled face, but tan and, and just looks very melancholy. The sound is still muffled, but it seems to begin to fade in, then stop suddenly as the man draws a pistol and fires into the air. A silent moment passes before the man seems satisfied at the silence now. As duly appointed marshal for our fair town of Liberty, I am here to administer justice. Sunday McBride, for the murders of Tom Scott, John Cook, and Jimmy Wilson, you have been sentenced to hang until you be dead. The man wraps his hands around the lever, and the view begins to focus on Sunday McBride, then pans up till all we see is a slack rope. We hear the lever get pulled, the chunk of the trapdoor falling loose, and the rope goes tight with a snap. But that's not where our story is going to begin. With the rope still in view, we hear a scream of terror. It is no longer daylight, but night outside. Sun just coming up at dawn. We turn from the rope to see that same blonde woman from before but now her face is full of terror and concern as she screams again. Everybody, you are woken up from a rather strange dream. Uh, The sun is just beginning to peek up over the horizon, and you hear this scream of terror as if it is right outside of your bedroom or your tent, wherever you happen to be asleep. So let's go down and see where everybody is staying, starting with... Sunday McBride. Uh, Sunday is at the boarding house that's in town. Uh, when she, she has a tiny room that she has been 
in for quite some time as she's been in Liberty for about eight months. Any decorations on your wall? The decorations on the wall are what any boarding house would put in that they think would be cheerful and nice little cross-stitch samplers everywhere with words of encouragement and happiness and blessings and scripture and little uh, doilies everywhere. It's bright and cheery, and every time Sunny looks at all of it, it just sours her mood even more. And what about a small carved goat? Is that present anywhere? That always sits on the nightstand. It is usually the first thing she sees uh, when she wakes up. And first it's, it makes her happy. And then the longer she looks at it, the more sad she gets until she finally comes to just anger and determination and gets out of bed and starts her day. Right. What about Father James? I would be in the boarding house, hopefully just uh, waking startled by the sudden sound. And where is Jalen? Where does Jalen sleep? Is he in the boarding house, in one of the tents on the outskirts, in the hotel? Jalen sits up in the stables where he paid a penny to to crash for the night. Uh, He doesn't look very well rested. Um, Rubs the uh, sleep out of his face and his hair is very unkempt. And There is an open Bible laying beside the straw that he was sleeping on. Uh, he was up late reading, um, and he's still not sure where he is exactly, so he has to take a moment to take stock of of his surroundings, um, and then probably goes looking for a place to go to the bathroom. What about Evan? Where is, does Evan sleep? Um, okay, can remember. I think he was in the boarding, boarding house, but he was in the nicest room they have probably the roomiest and uh, most comfortable. So everything in the room is very nicely. Uh, the bed is always, you know, freshly uh, made and stuff. He is probably already up tending to his suits, which he has an array of suits hanging up that he has to make sure they're completely um, tended to, make sure they're not, there's no wrinkles or anything. He does that every single day. So he, uh, he, he tends to all of them. So he's probably already awake when the sound happens. Okay. And what about LP. LP is staying at the uh, Cowtown Saloon Hotel. He has a modestly appointed room with a double-sized bed, very tastefully done with, well, one would imagine they were silks, but the truth may be something altogether different. LP is not sleeping in that bed, however. He is awoken with a start by the screen. One cold peacemaker is in his right hand as he points it at the wall, and the sound of a whiskey bottle hitting the floor is indicative as to why he was not in that bed, but instead in a chair next to a table. Alright, so for Jalen, the scream as it as he becomes aware of his surroundings seems to be coming out from behind the stables. Uh, for LP, the scream immediately sounds like it's right there, right outside the door or window, but after a moment of uh, taking stock of it, it does seem to be coming out from the rear of the hotel. And for those others that are in the boarding house, um, after that first initial screen that seems so close, it seems to be coming from a bit down the road, but definitely loud enough to hear. And then uh, commotion starts as people start to stomp down hallways, as people tend to do when they're in a rush to get out of a building to go see what's going on. So in the boarding house, they could hear what was happening in the hotel? The scream is 
behind the hotel, but in the boarding house you can hear where the, hear the scream mm-hmm. also. So Sunny's going to, uh, she'll probably take note. She'll hear that scream and she may look out the window, but she's not going to be too concerned. She's going to go about her day getting ready. She's got to get to the ranch and start her her job. She's got to work, so she'll she'll get ready. She'll get her gear on and she'll start making her way downsta- downstairs uh, to get a quick breakfast and and she probably will hear people talking about what's happening and the screaming, but she's going to, for now, she's going to uh, take her time before going out and seeing what's happening. Evan, are you going out to investigate, or are you taking your time getting ready? Yeah, he, he's never a Russian guy, so uh, he is curious, so he will start to uh, get his suit on and stuff, but that takes like 20 minutes to get himself all prepared and ready, so it, it'll be a while before he finally wanders over there to find out what's going on. And what our Father James' initial intent uh, initial attempt is to dress. So for those in the boarding house, it doesn't take long before everybody's even dressed. And uh, Sunny is, well, Sunny's on her way downstairs. But there is talk that you can hear among the crowd that there's been a hanging. They found somebody hanging over behind the hotel. Did you hear it? Did you see? And then, you know, other people are getting up to leave to go see what's going on. Yeah, definitely hearing somebody was, um, there was a hanging. Yeah, she's, Sunny will probably make her way out with them because that is unusual to just find somebody hanging. Indeed it is. The day is September 17th. It is a Tuesday morning. LP, out your window, you have a, a view of behind the hotel. And there is a tree back there, kind of not too far from the fence of the stables. And from there, a crowd is gathering, first of all, but there's definitely a figure swinging. And Jalen, as you kind of stumble out, notice that there is a crowd forming around that yard. There seems to be somebody hanging from that tree. Well, LP is certainly going to get up from where he was sitting, knock the empty whiskey bottle out of the way with a foot, and make his way over to the window to open it up and see if he can get a closer look from his vantage point of the cowpoke swinging in the breeze. He looks a little familiar, but it's a good 25-30 yards out there, and you do have some branches and some leaves and foliage in the way, so it's hard to get a good look. Jalen would say a brief prayer and join the crowd. Jalen gets up there first, and Jalen, you recognize this man. Now, you get around doing odd jobs for different people. And this particular man, the name is slipping by you at the moment, but he has been at one of the cattle ranches that you've done a few odd jobs at before. He has been one of the troublemakers around town. They pick fights. They uh, harass people. Nobody seems to do anything because the cattle ranches have a bit more power in town. They are the center of the economy, so therefore they kind of make sure things happen. and. Things don't happen, want to happen. And just yesterday, you remember that this man was in a fight with somebody at the saloon. And accusations of cheating were involved and thrown around, but this man has also been one to uh, pick on you. Trips here and there when you've been carrying something around through town, stuff like that. And he's always uh, surrounded by a few friends too, so it's not one of those guys that you do much about. Okay. 
I keep my eye out for the guy he might have been fighting with, but otherwise I just, I'm probably rubbernecking, I guess would be the term. Father James and Evan from the boarding house, down in outside your doors in the hall, you hear a shout, Somebody hung John! John? Yeah, John Cook! You hung John Cook! That's not good. And then there's footsteps as they kind of leave the area. Evan, that name sounds familiar to you because that's the man who accused you of cheating last night and started a brawl in the Cowtown Saloon. You need to go down there then. Uh, he would. Everyone else is. He's not gonna, it's, it's gonna be awkward here. This is gonna get messy. He knows it. Alright, he will work his way towards the location behind the, uh, the hotel to get an idea of what is, what is actually going on. Sunny, you get there first of the people at the boarding house. Yeah, so as Sunny approaches the tree and hears the name, it's John Cook, and when she walks up and she sees him, I mean, as she's walking up, she's kind of wide-eyed uh, with curiosity about, like, what's happening, what's happening. But when she sees who it is, she knows John Cook, and she's going to look, and in that, that wide-eyed curiosity is going to disappear into a into a hard look, and then she's going to take a, a look at him swinging from that tree and she's just going to spit on the ground and just good riddance. Turn around and walk away. Father James, that name also sounds familiar to you. You remember that person from that same fight last night. I remember the name, but I'm getting all my stuff together so I can give him last rites. Uh, everybody that's gathering gathers. A few people that aren't gathering, they are leaving like Sunny. Uh, people are taking note as well. And after about 20 minutes, um, somebody comes rushing into the area. Sheriff ain't in, the, in her office. Somebody went to her home. Uh, we knocked on the door there and nobody answered there. She must be out of town on business. Oh, we need the sheriff here. So if Sonny's walking by these people that are coming out and screaming, she's just going to look at him and say, just cut him down and take him to the, to the funeral man. Nothing could be done for him now. we got to find out who did it. There's probably a lot of people who did it. And then the person kind of narrows their eyes. You've had problems with him in the past. Maybe you did it. <laughs> and they give you that suspicious look. But they're not doing anything, obviously. Uh, at this point, yeah. though, somebody does approach and they start to climb the tree to cut him down. I'll help. While they're doing that, LP would have uh, gotten his coat and lit his pipe and tromped on out of the hotel to get an idea of the gentleman swinging in the breeze and how everything was set up. See if he can get any details of the area and may as well get some uh, idle curiosity out of the way. From the map, you can see the tree is kind of there. Uh, it's in plain view of the backs of a lot of buildings in that corner. So if anybody at the hotel happened to be looking back, they might have seen what was going on. Uh, the building between the hotel and the stables is the sheriff's office. Uh, on the other side, next to the hotel, is the lawyer's office. Uh, next to that is the Overland Freight Company. And then the dentist's office. And then you have a house in the back here that is also usually occupied. So there's a lot of potential people that could have seen this, but nobody is coming forward saying they saw anything. Well, I hope he's going to take a puff from his pipe and... Look at the body, the houses all around. Well, if it were me, I wouldn't want to say anything either. 
Are there any other details I can get from the way he was hanged, um, where the rope was tied off, anything about all the footprints being obscured by the rest of the mob that's gathered? Anything like that? Give me a cognition roll. Uh, is Jalen helping to climb the tree to cut, or is he helping to catch and carry? I can hold up the body and lower it to the ground gently. I'm pretty strong, so if somebody else will untie it, that's what Jalen will do. No, P has rolled a 19 on his cognition. The uh, area itself, there are not a lot of signs of struggle here. It's not like somebody fought a hanging. You know, trying to get a body near a tree especially is hard work. It tends, tends to need a lot of people to drag the person, hold them down, you know, somebody to pull it up. There's not um, the signs of struggle where the rope was hanging over the branch. It looks like, from the ground anyway, uh, just a small fin, so this rope was easily pulled upwards. There wasn't a whole lot of struggle going on at the time. There's not a lot of footprints for a bunch of people around. There's a few places where the grass has been tramped down in the area, tamped down in the area, but not the signs of a whole bunch of people. Jalen, the rope that is around this man's neck seems to be very old. Well, like, like from like old mining gear or like it was previously buried or something or what? It's got um, signs of fraying and use, uh, water damage. This rope has seen some years. Okay. All right, let's get him over to the Undertaker. Um, I'm going to go let his employer know. Oh, all right. John Cook, he was uh, a Circle L, I think. Yeah, can you carry him, or I can I can go with you? Somebody else will step up and offer to carry. And you know, because you've done a few jobs there, Circle L is a few miles out of town. Most of the cattle ranches are not super close to town. What are the others doing? Uh, Sonny, you had a confrontation, but they didn't seem to press the issue, and they were going to investigate afterwards. That leaves Father James and Evan. Um, Evan will probably just watch the scene from the back. Uh, probably not going to talk to anybody or anything unless they talk to him. Um, but uh, after they you know, start taking the body down, they'll, they'll go ahead and leave and probably head to the saloon and get a drink. By the time you guys get the or the body is taken to the undertaker, somebody's there to deal with it. Uh, word starts to pass around if anybody has any type of medical experience, they'd call the dentist, but the dentist probably doesn't know uh, what they're looking for. I might have some knowledge in that field of study. And you are Leander Calloway, recently of uh, New Orleans. Uh, how can I assist you this fine morning? Well, when we was carrying the body in there, uh, his neck seemed to be... Well, I'm, I'm no expert. Maybe you could come take a look. And he kind of leads you over in that area. I would be delighted. And LP is going to take uh, another puff of his pipe, and he's going to go inspect this John Cook, possibly rustle through his pockets for loose change. Father, would you accompany me to the ranch? Jalen's got to go get his coat and get ready to go, and then he'll head out of town by foot. Yes, I will accompany. I will happily accompany, uh, well, not happily, but I will solemnly accompany Jalen to the ranch. 
As Jalen and Father James walk, Jalen is somewhat knowledgeable in religious matters, so he would have asked Father James about where he went to seminary and what denomination he was and so forth. Baptist, the Lord. My, my seminary was given to me while out in the fields of battle, so most of my learning came from accompanying a, a fellow preacher on the duties for those wishing to commune with God. Uh, as I said, I'm Baptist by uh, order. So you guys, are you riding or walking, I should ask? I'm walking. So it's going to be a while. Inside the Undertakers, uh, LP, give me a medicine roll if you have it, or first aid. A general medicine roll, and I got a nine. They have already started to strip the body, so the clothes are kind of... Uh, his pants are still on, but his shirt has been opened up and pulled off like they were going to take it off to check on him. And his wounds around his neck look as though he was... Perhaps there's a lot more trauma than you might see from a hanging. may have been strangled before he was hanged. Well, LP says to himself as he uh, looks over the neck, that would explain why there wasn't much of a struggle. What all is in his belongings? We haven't had a chance to see what he had on him yet. His uh, He had his gun belt on. We took that off and set that aside, but they start going through his, one side of his pockets, and you can start going through the other side of his pockets. I would love to. Uh, he has on him, in his shirt, which has been opened up, uh, two cigars, a small box of matches, of which there are three matches left. He has $1.75 in his pants pocket. Four extra bullets in a pants pocket. He is carrying... That's about it as far as that goes. He has um, a handkerchief in one of the other pockets. Uh, his boots are very, very scuffed, and looks like the heels may have been dragged through the mud because the patterning of the, the mud is not one you get normally from walking. Kind of goes up a little too far up the back. $1.75, that son of a bitch owes me five. Well, I shan't speak ill of the dead. And dead he is. Yeah, he lost, I think, $30 last night to one new kid. New kid with $30. That fight last night. Were, were you in the saloon last night when that fight broke out? I believe instead of in the saloon, I was above it. Where, I don't remember. Yeah, he accused him of cheating, and a brawl, fo brawl broke out. Uh, the new preacher, well, I guess he's not the new preacher yet, but the new preacher helped break him out. And John here was accusing, accusing him of, of, of attacking him. I guess he hit him on the back of the head when he was breaking the fight up. Oh, what's that? LP will look at the back of this uh, corpse's head. He has a nice big bruise on the back of his head. There's still yeah. a little bit of crusted blood there. And for once he wasn't lying. About what time was that uh, particular brawl? Oh, must have been after after nine, I think. It wasn't too late. Well, then. Uh, was, what's his name? Evan, I guess. Won a big pot. Uh, John then jumped up and accused him of cheating, that he is doing something. I don't know. You know John had his friends with him like normal. And a fight broke out. Uh, guns were drawn. I think the, the preacher stepped in. I didn't see the preacher hit him, but somebody did. John turned around threatened to kill the preacher. But others didn't sit for that. We can't have anybody going off and killing a preacher. No, no. 
one must not raise their hands against the man of God. Ah, uh, John Cook's friends. How many of those were there? Two, three, maybe? Two, I think. There might have been a third one earlier, but I think he left. You wouldn't happen to have uh, seen any of them out and about the saloon this morning, perhaps? I haven't seen them yet this morning. They uh they stay out out on the ranches, so when they leave here, they usually go out that way. So they might not be in town yet. They usually come in for the evenings. I guess John never made it made it back. I suppose he did not. Nope, he's gonna take that handkerchief of John Cook's and he's gonna dab at his forehead. It's uh starting to sweat a little bit, and then coughs into the handkerchief, stuffs it in the pocket. It's his now. Well. He was hanged, but I believe he was dead before he hit that tree. So he was murdered before he was hanged? Uh, yes, I do believe he was murdered before he was murdered. Uh, see, if you look here, though, the, uh, all the wound into the neck, uh, a rope wouldn't have caused all that. Uh, not at first. No, I believe, uh, someone had a, uh, rather fatal disagreement with Mr. Cook. No. Oh. Could be any number of people that had a disagreement with Mr. Cook. <laughs> I do agree. I don't believe there's a soul on God's green earth that did not have a disagreement with Mr. Cook. He's kind of sitting there looking a little dumbfounded. The sheriff gets back in town soon. As do I, because if the cattle barons find out that Mr. Cook is no longer of this mortal coil, I doubt they're going to sit and wait for the sheriff to come back to town. Yeah, you got a point. I'm going to go ask around and see if anybody knows where the sheriff might have went. We need somebody representing the law before this gets much worse. He tips his hat, sir. Undertaker, if you need help, I'll, I'll be back around here in a bit. If you have any further questions, I'll be in the saloon. I believe I have a pressing engagement with a whiskey bottle. And let's take a momentary break there to do something that we should have done at the beginning. Fate chips. Sonny, did you draw fresh today or were those left? I fresh today. I did it earlier. Okay. So we're supposed to draw three? Shuffle. Yes, draw three. Unless we have the luck of the Irish. I. That's what I have. Feel free to announce what you have, and I will explain what you can do once I know what they are. Oh, you mean what our chips are? Yes. I have two white and a red chip. <gasps> oh my god, I have three red and a white. We all gonna die. We're all gonna die! I, I, have, a, I have a red and two whites. I also I have, have a two red. white and a black? What? That's supposed to be blue. And LP, you have what? Two whites and a red. Oh my god, I have three reds! <gasps> this is wonderful! We have a lot of reds. <laughs> I'm sure I am very excited about that. So, Game Marshal, what do these colors signify in Deadlands Classic? Nice handoff, sir. I have experience. I am glad you ask. With a white chip, you may spend a white chip to add an extra die to your roll, as if your skill were one point higher. So if your normal skill in something is three and you roll three dice, you can choose to spend a white chip to add a fourth die. You may then spend another white chip to add a fifth die and a sixth die, and you are still looking for the single highest roll. You may spend as many white chips as you want on a roll that you have. White chips can also be used to negate one incoming wound. 
They can also be used to instantly remove five points of wind that you have suffered, and wind is like bashing, stun, damage, fatigue, stuff like that. Red chips and blue chips can be used to ex artificially ace a roll. And acing is if you roll the maximum number, you get to roll and add it again. If you are unsatisfied with your roll, you may add a spend a red and or a blue chip to roll another die and add it to your total. You can spend one of each. So you can spend a red chip and then a blue chip if you wish. Once you spend a red or a blue, though, you can no longer spend any more white chips. So if you're going to spend white chips, do it first. Red chips can be used to negate two incoming wounds or remove ten points of wind. Blue chips can reduce uh, negate three incoming wounds or reduce fifteen points of wind. And if you spend a red chip to modify a skill roll, I get to draw a chip. Now, do our draws reset every session, or do they reset every story arc? Uh, you get to keep some chips at the end of the session. Uh, at the beginning of every session, you do get to draw three more chips, though. I need to make that bigger somehow. And I get to draw chips for my NPCs. I also get three chips, and they are all red today. So does that mean we get to draw a chip when you, you spend a red? Well, that's not fair. However, if during initiative any of you get any of you actually draws a red joker, that person gets to draw a chip. And if any of you draw a black joker, I get to draw a chip. If I draw any of those, I don't get that. So if I draw a red joker, I do not get to draw a chip. And if I draw a black joker, you do not get to draw a chip. It's only what you guys draw that determines that. Alright, Mr. Stone. Yeah. So they've cut the body down and dragged it to the Undertaker, and a few people that, you know, the people are starting to scatter, talking about a hanging and who could be the culprit. A few people you overhear mentioning that fight that you had last night and that guns were drawn, and you know, wondering if maybe you uh, didn't sneak out in the middle of the night. You don't hear much else after that. So people are walking out of earshot. Uh, he'll not pay it any mind. He'll continue his, uh, his drink and, uh, just sitting at the bar. He's listening in, but, but, uh, at, at the rumors, and that's about it. Just kind of collecting what people are saying. So it is Tuesday morning. Uh, the sun is now up. It's been a bit of time. The two folks walking out to the cattle ranch are still walking, and a man walks into the saloon. He is dressed in brown pants kind of a tan shirt. He has on a nice brown duster. His hat looks somewhat newish, not pristine or very expensive, but well taken care of. And he walks up to the bar. He happens to have a red mustache, a bit of stubble on his chin. His hair is a bit above the collar, but kind of scraggly, peeking out from under his hat. He walks up to the bar probably a few spaces down from where you are. He waits till the bartender gets there. What can I do for you, mister? Looking for a Stephen Black. Did you happen to know anybody in town by that name? Stephen Black? Can't say as I do. Any particular reason? Business. If you do, I'll be back. And he uh, drops a nickel on the bar and asks for a whiskey, which he downs and then walks out. Kind of uh, giving the room a bit of a once-over as he leaves. LP, you see this man uh, just leaving as you walk in. 
give him the uh, the once over head to toe, slight nod. We brush by one another on our way in or out of the saloon. He nods to you. Excuse me, Mister. Have you been in town long? Oh, not terribly long. No, I've just been uh, going from place to place looking for a card game. If you happen to know if there's a Stephen Black in town, he probably would have arrived in the past few weeks. Had I thought reliable sources saying he was coming to this town. Would I know him? The name doesn't ring a bell. I'm afraid I haven't heard anybody by that name. Uh, what's this Mr. Black look like? Well, I don't actually have a good description. I'm waiting on that. Hopefully I can get a good description soon. Well, if I do happen to hear of Mr. Black, I will be sure to uh, let you know, Mr. Grant. Mr. George Grant. Grant. A pleasure. And he uh, steps to the edge of the, the boardwalk outside of the saloon there and kind of looks up and down the street as though where he's going to go next. I'll give him one more look. Be sure to remember Mr. Grant's name and go complete my meeting with that whiskey bottle. More people are starting to also come into the saloon afterwards. Uh, there's a lot of gossip going on. Just about any corner of the saloon you look at, there's people talking about the hanging. And uh, a lot of speculation on who it could have been. And a lot of denying and a, and a lot of even people with their neighbors. Are you sure you didn't hang him? Oh, no, no. I was much too busy last night to hang him. Kind of playful jibing. It is always good to hear a town come together in a time of such sorrow. Now, bartender, another please. Excellent. I have a buck seventy-five worth of whiskey to drink today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is Sunny doing after she leaves the spectacle? Uh, Sunny has she has to work. She's got to go to the the ranch and uh, start doing her you know cowpoke duties. She doesn't get the luxury of hanging around town and walking into saloons and drinking whiskey in the morning. And it is luxurious. It is. You see, you should win my hand of cards. Uh, you win $30 off a dead man. See, it's perfect. Yeah. Sunny doesn't gamble. She's not a liar or a cheat like others. Oh, I see. So, yeah, she's headed to work. Um, I don't know. Is she still working at the same ranch that Cook was working at? Because that's not going to be a good day. No, she is not. Oh, good. That was one of the first places she worked at in town. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, she's going to go uh, do a work. I'm sure there's going to be a lots of hubbub at uh, the ranch about what happened to John Cook, and she's not going to shed a tear, and if anybody brings it up, she's just going to say that's exactly what that man deserved. There are a lot of people at the Campbell Ranch that mirror that sentiment. Then I am amongst my people. After some time, Father James and Jalen, you see the uh, Circle L Ranch up in the distance there. Uh, Work has already started in the morning. It looks like people are out there with cattle out to pasture. Some people are doing the normal yard work that would go around a ranch like that. Before you get up to the gate, a person on a horse comes riding up. Morning. He stops a moment. Tips his hat. Preacher. Do I recognize him? No. You might have seen him in town, but not regular. Uh, morning. Is he uh, the foreman in? No, we haven't seen him since yesterday. I take it Mr. Cook is the foreman? Well, yes. 
then you may need to get the manager or boss. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah, he was strung up last night. Strung up? His person was found hanging from a tree. Come on, come on in. Thank you. And he kind of turns and starts walking his horse slowly with you. When was he found? Uh, this morning. Just a few hours ago? Did catch who did it? Uh, we left as soon as, uh, his body was taken to the Undertaker to come inform you, uh, fine folk out here of his passing. So, as of yet, no. That we're aware of. Shakes his head. Lost for words. Come on in, he kind of gets off his horse out there and kind of leads it over to a, a pen that he lets the horse in and closes it behind him. Come on in, you can wait in the kitchen. Would you like something to drink? Some tea? I am alright, thank you. Would you like anything, uh, Sir Jalen? Um, tea would be fine, thank you. As he leads you to the kitchen, there's a young woman that he talks about. Some tea for the gentleman, please. And he leaves. Basically, it's an awkward silence moment. Yeah. Uh, a few minutes later... I do remove my hat when we come inside, just to be polite and... Nod to the young lady. A few minutes later, the man comes back, uh, leading an older gentleman who seems to be dressed not necessarily nicely, because he was also out in the fields doing some work, but he is dressed a bit better than the others were. A better quality of work. What's this I hear about John being strung up? Yes, sir, it's true. Uh, he was tied up in a tree in town early this morning. He kind of uh, seems to be chewing on some words. This morning. My boy said there was a fight last night with him. No, I, I think I'm going to head into town. Of course, that's... Uh, well, that'd be much appreciated, sir. Actually, I was going to ask, did you want me to uh, speak to any of the men here to help comfort them? I don't know how well John was, or Mr. Cook was liked amongst his fellow workers, but it is still a loss. Know about comfort and death happens out here. Not often, but it does happen. We kind of expect it. You know, who's gonna bushwhack you out there with when you're out with the cattle? Yeah, you might might say a few words. I'm gonna gather some people up and head back. Of course, I understand that you are a businessman and you have to make sure that your workers continue to work. So, if you'd like, uh, I will happily see them at the church whenever is convenient for them. Since we're going in, how about a little later today? Certainly not a problem. Be back. Kind of nods and turns around and walks out. Found this morning, you say? Yes, uh, a woman who was walking into town found him, screamed, startled most of us in town, and a lot of people ran out to see what had happened. His, uh, Mr. Jalen here, uh, assisted in, uh, getting the body taken down and taken to the Undertaker to be uh, further examined, I believe, and also to prepare him for burial. That was probably Cynthia. She was his fiancée, on and off again. How's she doing? Uh, she was uh, very distraught, and Jalen, I, I actually did not get out there in time to see what happened with her. Were you there? I, I have no idea how she is. It was probably very upsetting to her. Um, to be honest, I think a fair number of people in town weren't terribly surprised. He kind of scratches his chin. This was the guy that led you in. Yeah, probably not. 
quite a few people that seemed to uh, have it in. He wasn't the most friendly person and uh, seemed to cause a little trouble here and there. But hang on, we can't have that. We're going to have to find out who did it. I'm sure once they locate the sheriff, inquiries will be made. Um, I, by the way, um, apparently he was involved in some fighting with uh, some guns drawn last night. Um, is anybody here at the ranch? Uh, were, were they in town with him last night? Yeah, I think uh, Ed and and uh, Chris were in town with him last night. Well, if I will be fair and honest, uh, I, I witnessed some of that fight and I helped break it up, though, um, and the process of breaking it up, apparently, uh, Mr. Cook was struck, and he blamed me and threatened me, but I understood that his temper was already riled and whatnot, so even though he threatened me, I took it as just being angry in general, so uh, I will admit to that, but after the fight was done and guns were holstered and whatnot, I left the establishment, and I went back to my room, uh, as I saw no reason to possibly provoke his ire any further. Though I will admit, if I had tried to strike him, I probably would have ended up hitting myself in the head. Uh, I, I don't think anybody was thinking that you were involved, Father. I, I think it's more likely that some of the individuals that he was previously fighting with. I'm merely trying to be honest. And I would prefer that he hear it from me instead of having someone else mention it to him. He was his employer, after all. At that point, the older gentleman walks back in. All right, my wagon should be up here shortly. I've got a few extra horses uh, around for the trip. And uh, a bunch of other people are uh, gathering out front of the ranch. Uh, sir, you might want to bring um, Ed and who's the other gentleman's name? Chris. Chris. Uh, you might want to bring them into town with you. Apparently, they were in town last night with with Mr. Black. Oh, sorry, no, not Mr. Black. <laughs> with Mr. Cook. All right, I'll make sure they're gathered, too. Henry, why don't you actually go out and round them up, make sure they're coming with us? Yes, sir. Uh, Henry, wait, wait, I'll come with you. All right. He uh, heads out back, first goes to the, the barn that's not too far from there, which somebody's inside working. Have you seen Ed or Chris? No, not not this morning. Why? Do you know if they're out on the uh, out with the cattle or not? Uh, I don't think I saw them leaving with the cattle this morning. Thank you. He turns to you. Maybe, maybe they're still sleeping in the bunks. Oh, do they got horses? Yeah, they got horses. Let's go see if the horses are still here. Kind of goes and checks the stalls. Let's see. There they are. Yeah, they're here. Yeah, they're probably in the bunk. Okay. He uh, goes to the back of the house. This is the entrance where the most of the, the workers not to disturb the rest of the family. Mind your step. Kind of opens the door and starts knocking on a, a nearby door in the hallway. And then he opens it up and peeks. Wake up. We need to go into town. Here's some muffled responses from inside. Yep, they're in there. You know you're not supposed to be sleeping this late. Wake up. He kind of goes in there and physically drags them out of bed. We're going into town. You got five minutes. Be out front. You forget. Yeah, I'm going to wait with you. Um, uh, the people that Mr. Cook hang out with were a little bit of a troublemaker crowd, so I'm kind of worried about them either trying to run or do something stupid. 
the people do wake up. Uh, it takes them a few more than five minutes, and Henry has to go in there and remind them to wake up, which he only waits like three or four minutes to do. But, you know, they kind of uh, pull on some overalls and don't really clean themselves up too well as they come walking out. Why are we going into town? We just were there last night. You were requested. There was an incident last night. and We are going into town to see what is going on. There was a fight. There was a fight. Is that the incident? We'll find out when we get there. All right. When are we leaving? Now, William is already out front. Oh, sorry. Mr. Smith is already out front, waiting. So grab your horse and come out front, and we'll be on our way. All right. And they go out to get their horses, and uh, he kind of waits a few minutes there to make sure that they do get their horses and head towards the front. Joe, have I seen any rope remnants that are similar to what Mr. Cook was strung up with? Not around the ranch, no. Okay. I mean, you've seen some rope, but it's well cared for rope, because they actually, you know, use it for important things, so people make sure it's not frayed or going to break on them when they're kind of need it not to. But definitely nothing that seems as old and worn and in bad condition as the other rope was. Okay, just something I would, you know, keep an eye out for in cases like this. And then uh, everybody gathers up and they ride back into town. Two in the, actually, Sunny getting out to the ranch. Uh-huh. Everything, I mean, you know, a few people are kind of not surprised to hear the news. Uh, nobody's actually cheering. You know, that would be uh, impolite. As much of a problem that this gentleman was to a lot of people in town, you know, nobody really wishes death on anybody. So people do kind of talk a little respectfully in that regard, but only that regard. Okay. And while you're out, give me a cognition roll. Will do. When it comes to Mr. Cook, I am not cognizant of much. Are you sure you wouldn't like to use a chip to modify that? I would not. Okay. Mr. Cook isn't worth the effort. He is not. In that case, while you're out, uh, probably be on foot for this, uh, out in the fields, and you tend to trip, and you don't really hurt yourself, but you do trip and fall, and there is a, a bit of rope just kind of laying there, but you weren't expecting it, right? So your foot hit it on slightly uneven ground there, and you weren't expecting it, and it slipped out from underneath you. And it's very, very old, worn rope. And while you're on the ground there, you happen to see two actual bullets kind of laying there next to the rope. And there is a kind of a groove in the ground where it seems like something was dragged uh, through the grass enough to actually pick up a bit of mud and leave a trace. And it seems to be heading towards town. I don't see any kind of blood or tracks or, like, people, boot prints or anything. No, or if they're there, you're just not seeing them. Yeah, and this rope that I, I done tripped over, um, it's just old rope, blood or anything like that? It's old rope. It's a length of about maybe a foot. It seems to be frayed on both ends. Uh, it wasn't cut. It's almost like it broke. 
There is a little bit of maybe fresh blood on it. And the bullets, are there any spent casings or just intact bullets? Two intact bullets. What kind of bullets? Uh, Pistol, they look like they may be a... For a forty-five. Well, now, it doesn't bother me. I have a rifle. Um, well, given the events in town, I think I should probably go to the sheriff's office and report this. Maybe she is back in town. All right, so you get probably somebody else to finish up what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Just watching the cattle and making sure coyotes don't come and take anything, yeah. Walking or riding? Riding. I, I do have a horse. It's, okay. it's not the best horse, but it's sturdy. So that leaves us with LP and Evan. I believe both of you are in the saloon. Yeah, um, Evan's probably found himself a, a, a table just to sit at and play around with the cards. Yeah, he's just waiting at this point because he knows what's coming eventually. And LP has a whiskey bottle and his own table where he can watch the door and watch the level of that whiskey bottle slowly go down over the course of the day. Best day ever. So a little after probably noon, the sheriff walks in. I will be sure to look again because I don't think I've ever seen the sheriff walk into a bar in this town. Yeah, she is often out. She is handsome and sturdy. She's got long, light brown hair. She is dusty from being on the road. She kind of walks in and takes her hat off, hangs it by the door there. She goes walk, uh, she kind of looks back and forth and then approaches LP. Are you Mr. Callaway? Oh, uh, yes, I am. And what can I do for you today? <coughs> Pardon me. Well, I just came from The Undertaker. They said that you had a speculation that our recently deceased was murdered before he was discovered. That is correct. I've found evidence of uh, strangulation that would not normally come from a rope, because as we all surmise, when you hang a man from the neck until dead, the strangulation that uh, completes the shuffling creed of this mortal coil. And I'll take a drink. She nods. The belongings. He had bullets in his pocket, I'm told. They were not from his particular gun. I find that odd, but only a minor curiosity. Do you know where he was last night? be asking around here, but since I'm with you right now, uh, I heard there was a fight. Did you witness this fight? Unfortunately, I did not. I was uh, having a repose upstairs in my chambers. Uh, I do know there was a fight. Uh, I was told it was about 9 p.m., and it involved a matter of $30 and a hand card. I suspect, and mind you, this is only a suspicion, that eyewitnesses to that particular bout of gladiatorial combat with fisticuffs are still in this very room. I see. Uh, did anybody here happen to see this? counter last night? One of the guys over in the corner. I, I did, ma'am. Sheriff? It involved him. And he kind of points right at Evan. I will uh, just raise my glass and give her a nod. A toast. LP's got a toast back. I see. Alright. She kind of steps to the side next to Evan. 
mind telling me what happened last night? Uh, in the game of cards, got a little out of hand. Uh, you're, uh, he was a bit of a sore spot. Uh, lost himself a bit of money. Decided to uh, throw some words around. And I probably got a bit more upset than I should have, but man called me a cheater. I don't have to cheat to win. And I believe his, uh, uh, his friends decided uh, to draw guns, although not even sure why. Did they expect me to, uh, to, to harm him in some way? Look at me. But uh, some other gentleman got me away and got himself involved, and uh, things died down after that. Not much to say after that. You're saying you wished Mr. Cook no ill will? Not enough to kill him. Dead man can't lose the cards to me, can he? I can. Let me get your name. Ah, of course, uh, Evan Stone. Mr. Stone, you planning on staying long? Mm-hmm. I don't suppose the town would appreciate me splitting out after all this event. I'm sure I'm the talk of the town at the moment. She nods. It might, might look bad if you up and left soon. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a card player at heart. This is uh, well beyond anything I would try to do. Plus, it's messy. See the seat? Not worth any dead man. Just be available in case I, I need anything. Do you happen to know who else was involved in this uh, fight last night? Uh, I believe it's that new creature fellow. Uh, the one that got himself uh, that that uh, broke, it, broke it up a little bit. Have a new creature? She kind of looks to the side. Alright. Preacher. So go check out it. Yeah. Oh, um, good luck. If you're going to the church, you won't find him there. I believe they were on the way to Mr. Cook's employers to inform them of his untimely demise. <clears throat> Excuse me. She kind of nods with a look of unwanted uh, expectations, maybe? As though she knows what's going to happen and she regrets that it's going to happen? Oh, so dread. Yeah, dread. But not very uh, exaggerated dread. Minor dread. Let's see. Alright. They should be did they go on foot or on, on horse? Oh they were they were on foot. At which point what he hears horses. Getting louder, a whole bunch of horses. She kinda stops and or not. Well this will be exciting. I believe I have a front row seat. I guess he didn't have as much fun as he thought. No. And uh, at that point William Smith comes barging into the saloon. There you are, Sheriff. I demand justice. One of my men was murdered last night, and I'm told on good authority that he was robbed of money in a poker game by a cheating scoundrel, who is clearly the one that hung, hung, hanged him. Robbed of money? Your boy lost that money fair and square. Everybody else is now getting off of the horses outside and hitching them up and stuff like that. Henry is kind of getting in. I don't know if Jalen and, and Father James are coming into the saloon or not, but a few of them yeah, are. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Ed is like, catches the tail end. That's him! He's the one! And the sheriff kind of uh, looks back and forth. 
Well, this gentleman says that he was playing a friendly game and won, and there was no cheating involved, at which point there's a loud ruckus. The men try to shout over each other. Mr. Smith holds up his hand, and a moment later everybody quiets down. I demand justice. I want you to find out who murdered my man, and I want to see them hang. We'll look around if we can find any evidence. You know how trials go around here when we can get a judge. Not too many people are willing to speak up for certain things. We have to find people that actually saw what happened. And he has a kind of a unsoured face, a, a sour mouth reaction to that comment. Just see it done. Maybe we might have to see about a new sheriff in town. And he storms out. And she just kind of uh, stands there as other people, you know, start re- loudly raising a racket again. And we'll find out who did this. We'll take care of them. There's a round of agreement and encouragement. And then a few of those guys, you know, they all head out too. And Henry is left there. Sorry, ma'am. You know, Henry, you are you were always too polite to be working at that ranch. Kind of shrugs sheepishly and walks out too. And then she notices the two others that are in the room. What is Father James wearing at the moment? I'm sorry. What was that? What is Father James wearing at the moment? Oh, uh, well, I'm wearing my. Uh, I can't say that I'm wearing my vestments because since Baptists don't generally walk around wearing collars, um, we wear vestments. Um, but I was in. My dress clothes, uh, black clothes, a uh, coat, a uh, long coat over it, and I have my gun and saber on me because we went wandering around out in, <laughs> out of town where there are wolves, supposedly. Though, as I've previously stated, my gun is actually never loaded because um, I, I don't see a point in loading it. Until somebody finds out or checks. She, uh, they're all back. I'm going to go see about this preacher. Uh, kind of that would be uh, him right there. I just kind of... The preacher you're looking for. That's him. I kind of raised my hand. Yeah, that would be me, I believe. Why haven't I seen you in church, Sheriff? Been busy out of town. To the point where I didn't even know we had a preacher. That's currently uh, something to take up with the uh, city council, I believe it is. Uh, they have yet to really hire me. I've just been filling in until uh, they make a decision. She nods understandingly, and then she holds out her hand. Amanda Dale, nice to meet you. Oh, it's it's a pleasure to meet you, ma'am. Uh, I am at a loss because I forgot my last name. Richter. Thank you, James Richter. Well, I'll put in a good word for you. Maybe we can get you hired. We've been without for a while. Uh, you were also involved with the altercation last night, I hear. Uh, yes. As I was passing by to head back to the boarding house, I heard a, uh, I heard the, uh, shouts and exclamations. And as I looked through the, uh, entry, I saw that guns were being drawn and I, I rushed in to try to calm, uh, folks and pull them apart as, uh, Mr. Cook was attempting to, uh, I don't know if he was necessarily aiming for Mr. Evans, but I know his intention was towards Mr. Evans later. Uh, I, I tried to pull him back, and uh, according to him, 
according to Mr. Cook, I struck him in the back of the head, though I did no such thing. Uh, to be perfectly honest, if I tried to strike someone, I'm pretty sure I'd end up hitting myself. So about all I could possibly do really is try to restrain him. Um, at that point, the uh, bartender uh, had pulled out a shotgun and had loaded it, and that seemed to allow calmer feelings to to uh, overtake the crowd, and thus people uh, left, though uh, I will admit that Mr. Cook did threaten me, uh, but being him, uh, being in a recent altercation and upset about his losings, I just took it as a, a bluster, as opposed to an actual threat. Uh, afterwards, you can ask the bartender or anyone in here. I left before Mr. Cook did, and I returned to my room, and I did not leave for the rest of the night. She listened intently the whole time. I don't like mysteries. Got a dead body. Well, several people who, minor though it may be, are suspect here. And no clear evidence. And, uh... Sadly, the victim was not much of a liked person in town. That is true. However, they are also some of the, I want to say, more influenced in town. Uh, well, not anymore. I'll be honest, Mr. Cook has been on the wrong side of the law several times. But uh, it was always problematic finding somebody willing to testify. And without testification, without Witnesses, there's no crime. So I need witnesses for this. And if no one comes forward? Then there's no murder, and we have very unhappy cattlemen. No offense, man. If uh, that were to happen, I might take my leave of the, of the town after that. Sunny, at this point, you get into town. Sunny will go to the sheriff's office first. The sheriff's office is right next to the saloon. There's a small gap in the, you know, between the two buildings. The office is uh, open, but nobody is inside. <sighs> All right. Um. So she's gonna look around, trying to figure out, like, nah, really, probably should report this to the sheriff directly. I'm not gonna leave a note or anything like that. So she's gonna walk back out of the office, look up and down the road, trying to figure out where to go next. And when she sees the saloon. You know what? A drink, and maybe somebody in there may know. So she's going to head that way. She will walk into the saloon and head to the bar. Uh, or no, she'll walk into the saloon, look around, and see who's there. The usual suspects are there in the corners, uh, drinking and hanging out and gossiping. There is also uh, two gentlemen at the bar. A lady who is wearing a sheriff's star, uh, talking to the preacher nearby, and the hayseed is in the room too. So we have a bit of a conundrum here without any evidence or witnesses. So she's going to head right up to the sheriff at the bar. Um, looking at the the preacher with her, she's going to give an odd look of almost recognition, but more confusion, and then she's just going to tap the shoulder of the sheriff to get, uh, or, yeah, to get uh, attention. Oh uh, yes, ma'am. Um, just gonna look around. Like, uh, I, 
I, I think I need to report something to you. It's about the hanging we already know. Well, it is, but I think it may be more about that. And I, I Can we just discuss this in private? Sure. Follow me. Uh, sure, mm-hmm. if you have yeah. uh, no issue, uh, I was going to go uh, give it last rites to uh, the recently departed, if you have no issue. No, by all means. Sonny will scoff with a laugh, a bark of laughter, like, that man doesn't deserve anything like that. Um, she walks out and next door to the office, at which point, Sonny, you see, coming out of... Wilson's Clothes, which is across the street there from the sheriff's office. Um, Mm -hmm. A man who looks well-dressed, but better dressed now. And he's wearing a nice new suit, um, kind of a a red mustache and a bit of stubble on his his chin. Kind of seeing the sheriff walk walk over there. Is there a barber in this town? And she doesn't seem to notice that he's talking to her, or at her. Sonny, realizing the sheriff's not going to answer, she'll look at this gentleman, and she'll she'll say, just go up the road a few few yards, you'll find it on the left. And he, he kind of turns and sees that he's right next door to it. Yep. Kind of shakes his head in, in bewilderment. Thanks, ma'am. She'll tip her hat and follow the sheriff. And she uh, goes into her office and, all right, what'd you need to speak about? What, well, Sheriff, I, I was out at the Campbell Ranch doing my my daily work, and, well, as I was out there, I stumbled upon a, I stumbled upon some pistol uh, bullets and, and some, a piece of rope, an old rope, and it appeared to have blood on it. And I, I just thought, given, Given the events of this morning, it would probably be wise to report my finding it. Do you have them? Well, Sheriff, I wasn't about to touch anything. Can you show me where it was? Why, absolutely. I can lead you back out there right at this moment. All right, uh, let's. But I need to make a stop at the Undertaker's. Well, why don't you go to the Undertaker's? I'm going to head back to the saloon. I'll have a drink. Come find me when you're done. Well, I just need to, to pick up. You say there's rope. There was rope left on the body, so I'm going to see if I can remove it and take it with me to see if it matches. Well, absolutely. I'm sure it won't take long at all, just like it won't take long for me to finish a drink. Been a long morning, sure. Yeah, it has been. More ways than one. So, tip her hat and walk out and head back over to the saloon. Everybody, I think, now is in the saloon. Yes. I'm, yes, I so. Uh, in the corner, one of the gossipers, there's a trio of older gentlemen with gray hairs, and one of them kind of uh, looks up. All right, so which one of you did it? He's kind of giving you all the the look. I believe it was the, um, the butler in the uh, pantry with a candlestick. Sorry, left. Sonny will laugh at that and look at the bartender, just deadpan. I, for one, got $5 for the person who done did it. Just got to find out who it is. You're going to pay the man that done did it $5? Yeah. Really? 
This is a load off my back. Yes, but whoever is foolish enough to admit it would not have time to spend that five dollars, wouldn't they? Oh, I don't know. Share for the rest of. I could I could get rid of five dollars in quite a hurry, especially in such an establishment as fine as this. You got a point. Well, they just spend it on their coffin. But what it sounds like to me, Mister Bartender, is that you are paying whoever killed him, which would make you the murderer. Who is it? It's one of the old guys in the corner. Oh, then I would talk to him and say, "Well, it sounds like you were the one who were the." The true murderer, since you're paying for his demise. But he has to pay himself. I didn't do it. Well, then, did you hire somebody to do it, since you're offering up five bucks to exactly. whoever did do it? I didn't hire anybody to do it. Just thank you. No, I got an idea. I got, I got an idea. Maybe I should just shake their hand if we find out who did it. We could say he was a bounty, and whoever did it could be a bounty hunter. And therefore... It is legal in the eyes of the law, whichever law, <clears throat> excuse me, that we may be following at the time. Well, most bounties are issued by somebody, and so we'd actually probably need proof that there was a bounty. Did you put a bounty on him? It sounds like he just put a bounty out on him, so uh, uh, you want to put that in the official writ? An official what? Is an after-death bounty actually work? I'm certain there is a first time for everything. Where are my matches? None of you did it. No thank you. Find out who did it and I'll thank them. Yeah, Sunny's going to finish her drink and kind of just watch that door waiting for the sheriff to come in. Uh, she comes back in a few minutes after. She seems to have a, uh, a bundle wrapped in a cloth. Ma'am, you ready? Yeah. You can head on out. Got your horse. I do. And she'll look to the other people that she had a, a brief exchange with and just tip her hat and say goodbye. And again, looking at all of them with just a slight recognition, but more confusion. Weird deja vu like moment. LP will raise his glass and say, Have a wonderfully scurrilous Tuesday and take a drink. That just. Makes her stare at that man a little longer. More confusion, but again, just that, that recognition. The uh, the sheriff doesn't catch any of this, and she's outside getting her horse ready. Um, a stagecoach is pulling up to the stagecoach shop, which is at the end of the road in the direction you guys are going. And uh, as you pass by, getting out of that stagecoach happens to be um, what looks like three children. And two adults that look like their parents. Well, if they don't, we got another crime going on. And uh, one of the the kids, the youngest one, who seems to be a- around ten or a little younger, as you guys go riding by, has a a carved wooden pistol in his hands, and he kind of points them at you guys and bang, bang, bang as you guys ride past him. At which point, one of the older kids kind of knocks him in the back of the head gently, and they corral them and. As they uh, step to the side and wait for their luggage to be unloaded from the stagecoach. Everybody in the saloon, any plans? Uh, go ahead, Jalen. No, you go right ahead. Uh, I was actually going to uh, go do my duties as the interim preacher and go 
give last rites to Mr. Cook and possibly examine the body while I was there. Uh, Jalen's probably going to head to the Undertaker. Um, seems like there's a little bit of digging that needs to be doing, and he'll offer to to uh, if he needs the Undertaker needs a little help. Uh, uh, looking for employment always. Bolstered by the pride of Tennessee, LP will take his half-finished bottle of whiskey back out to that tree and do some more investigating. There is mud on the back of Cook's boots, which means he was dragged, which means there might be tracks. The Undertaker, uh, while the preacher is in there serving last rites, um, they have dressed the body in a nicer suit, uh, cleaned him up a little bit. The coffin is not yet made, but there seems to be measurements taken already. Jalen asks about the, the grave. Why, yes, actually we do. There is a spot of land up in the cemetery. It's not a very big cemetery at the moment, so you should easily find a light, bit of land. Um, we don't yet have the coffin made, but it should be about... You know, he kind of gives you the measurement. If you're willing to dig a grave, I can give you... How does two dollars sound? Oh, more than fair. More than fair. Uh, do you want to show me the spot, or do you want me to just pick a spot that looks likely? Actually, I'll, I'll go with you and show you the spot. Then he uh, looks to the preacher, Father, and he walks out, kind of leads you up. And the cemetery is on the south, uh, probably the south end of town, past the blacksmith, and up the road a little bit, and kind of up on a bit of a hill in that area. It's not a very big town, so they don't have a big cemetery yet. And he shows you a spot. Right here would be a good spot. Kind of are working our way outward in that direction. That way we have room to grow. Although we, it's a business matter, I always hope we have room to expand there, but not everybody shares that sentiment. Okay, I'll get to work. I'll just go grab my tools from the stable, and um, it won't take me that long. I'll probably uh, be by later tonight. All right, thank you. All right, LP at the tree. I'm actually going to follow LP to the tree. I'm more out of curiosity than what he's doing than anything else. Well, I'm happy to have the company. There aren't a whole lot of tracks around the tree. Um, like I said earlier, you know, there's been a lot more people through the area now. So what there is is fresh. But, you know, doing a, a circuit around, you don't see any... Uh, Mud in the immediate vicinity, though he had mud on his boots. You do see, and this is probably a, a, how close are you investigating? I mean, is it like a quick glance around, or are you actually taking your time and you know doing that type of investigation? Oh, I'm going to take my time this time around. Um, I have nothing better to do today. Any good card game has since been canceled. What with suspicion of cheating and thirty dollars and people getting hanged, so I'm just gonna let discretion be the better part of valor and occupy my time with something else, like solving a mystery. Give me a search roll, then. I have done horribly with the search roll. Yes, you have. You have gone bust. And what happens when I go bust, Jim? Uh, when you go bust, the worst possible thing happens, uh, which in this case you were. Uh, looking for signs and evidence that you don't happen to see. Uh, you had somebody, you know, kind of standing stand there, not too far from their tree, chatting with you, you know, distracting you in the form of Evan Stone there. Um, Evan, you kind of uh, see Jalen 
going into the stables, which is right there next to the tree, you know, so you kind of glance his way, and you don't notice uh, what happened here. But Mr. Calloway, you, my friend, happened to trip kind of a bit further south of the tree, not right up next to the tree. You trip on a divot in the ground that seems to have been caused by uh, something of some sort getting stuck on maybe a rock. It's hard to tell, but there is a bit of mud traced through that spot. And as you trip on that and fall, you are going to take a bit of uh, bruising here. Five wind. Now, wind damage is temporary. It is uh, fatigue or bruising uh, or stun, and it tends to come back at the rate of like one every minute or so. It's not permanent, but it can knock you out if you do take enough wind damage. So, Evan Stone, you kind of notice Jalen going into the stable, and you kind of watch him for a minute, and you turn back around, and you don't immediately see LP. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, there he is, kind of over there on his back in the ground. I will walk up towards him. Are you okay? I believe the ground and I have had a disagreement, and I'm catching my breath to do best two out of three. I seem to have tripped on something. (laughs) Okay. I see. Uh, I'll take a look at it to see what you tripped on. There is a divot in the ground, and in this divot in the ground, it looks like something muddy has been dragged through uh, hard enough to actually scrape grass away. There's a bit of mud on the nearby grass. But more curious than that, kind of sticking out from underneath LP there on the ground, is a small length of rope. Uh, I think you might have uh, stumbled upon some sort of... uh Evidence. Oh, my word. The game is afoot, and my foot is playing games. Alright, for that, uh, both of you may choose a white chip out of the pot. Aha, there we go. Um, You should have the option now to just choose it. Yeah, I got it. Which opens up a menu, and you can just kind of grab one, I think, and take it. I will put that other one back in the pot. Yes, this bit of rope looks like a kind of worn and frayed and, and like that other bit that was still on the body. LP will get to his feet and dust himself off and search for his dearly departed whiskey bottle, which has probably spilled the rest of itself out on the ground. Well then, this does lend credence to my theory that the departed Mr. Cook was taken here and hanged while already dead. Oh, old rope still exists, I wonder. Well, I guess the sheriff went back out of town, so can't really uh, shoulder this at the moment. Well, if I have learned anything in my years, it is you give the law the whole story that you can find, not necessarily the whole story as you know it. I wonder if there's any more of this rope and any more of this trail down this direction. I will have to watch very closely for more itinerant uh, ground to give me trouble. Sure, I will. I will help look around and see if I can't find any more uh, anything else that looks odd in this, since this at least appears to be uh, a place where he was assaulted or killed. So I will. I will help. Hooray! All right. So once you find that track, you do see that the, that it is kind of uh, leading south. And then it, uh, not 
you know, kind of out of the immediate vicinity of town. It, it curves around and starts to circle around towards the north. Well, we follow it. Yes, yes, indeed. I would also like to follow this. Sonny and the sheriff. Mm-hmm. The, the Campbell Ranch is not as far out as the uh, some of the larger ones. It's in a slightly as, uh, perpendicular direction. It's doesn't. It's not northeast out of town like the big one is, or north like one of the uh, next largest one. But it's kind of in the eastern direction. And you lead the sheriff to where you found this this bit. Okay. She uh she gets off her horse and kind of squats down and compares the ropes. They seem to match. Two bullet shells. Um, she pulls out the four bullets that the uh, body had on it, and they seem to be the same caliber. Forty-five. Mr. Cook carried huh. a thirty-eight. They're not for his gun. I wonder why he had them. Well, who knows with that man? But once I saw this, I figured I'd better better bring it to your attention, Sheriff. I do appreciate that. Why was he out here? Well, Sheriff, that's for you to figure out, but I, I believe I've done my duty. I'm going to head back. Y'all have a good day. Yes, indeed. This is getting stranger all the time. All right, you going back to town or back to the ranch? Uh, What time of day is it? Is it like around afternoon? It's afternoon or later. Now. Later afternoon? Maybe about two. Yeah, I'm not going going back to work. It's almost quitting time. Let's just uh, go back to the boarding house, get cleaned up, and uh, probably head to the saloon for uh, a meal. And that's about it. All right, so you're heading that way. Uh, LP and Evan. Uh, this thing kind of, you know, heads, as it turns around towards the north, it kind of heads eastward, easterly too. And uh, not too long after that, you find yourself looking at the sheriff, kind of. Out in the middle of this field, you know, kind of looking at the ground, stepping around to the side, kind of oblivious to everything going on. About how long did it take us to come out here? Maybe a uh, half hour. Well, isn't that a mystery? LP says as he comes up upon the sheriff of Evan. You seen that close to her or still out in the distance? Still out in the distance. Okay. A little as we get closer. Well, yeah. This is definitely interesting. I wonder what she's found. So yeah, as they uh, as they walk up closer, LP will hail the sheriff. Seems we have picked up your trail by following our own. A trail, huh? Yes, indeed. I decided after you had left the saloon that I recall the dealer departed had mud upon the back of his boots, which indicated he might have been dragged. And so I and my friend here decided to search around the tree in which he was found. Now, through expert arts of deduction by yours truly, he says, glossing over tripping and falling over the cliff, we did manage to find the track with an additional rope, which then ambled south and then around the town until it met with you right here in this field. Was track a ways, wasn't he? More than a ways, yes. That rope, she kind of uh, points to the ground behind her where there's now two bits laying side by, well, end to end. Would it happen to match those? Will let us find out. Uh, it does indeed. Uh, so we have three lanes of rope. 
we have a number of bullets for a gun the deceased did not use, no evidence of struggle, and a fair distance for a man to be dragged. Yeah, well, there's a bit of evidence a bit further up that way of struggle. Unfortunately, there's nothing leading to it or away from it except the trail you followed here. So I'm guessing at some point, Mr. Cook was in this area and he was waylaid by somebody. As to why he was in this area, I don't know. And there's still not much to indicate who except for that rope and possibly the bullets if they were the a murderer's bullets. Well, if they were the murderer's bullets... Would it not then be logical that the murderer would have put them in his gun and then put those bullets inside Mr. Cook? It's a lot of effort to drag somebody that far after he's dead because the trail doesn't seem to be any struggle. It just seems to be dead weight. And if I may be so forthright, why even drag him back to the town? I mean, this is a fine field here. It was done in the dead of night. Why not just leave him here for the wolves? You raise interesting questions. Someone wanted to present him like that. An insult. Uh, somebody went through a lot of effort to make sure he didn't disappear in the night. Would that he had. Yes, there are a lot of people that I think share that sentiment. And if I heard correctly, a very angry gentleman with a fair many men behind him who are looking for blood rather than justice. Are either of you looking for work? Work is a rather harsh word, Sheriff. I prefer fine game of cards. However, I believe I'm not going to be able to sit at that hand until this mystery is solved. What did you have in mind? It so happens that I've been a bit short-handed and I'm looking for deputies. The usual bunch that want to volunteer tend to be the sort like Mr. Cook, which, frankly, I've never felt comfortable employing, I suppose. Pays $40 a month. I've got uh, authorization to hire two. There will be a bit of uh, questioning involved before the actual, before it's official. But considering this mystery and lack of answers... I am going to need some help. Oh, he's going to glance at Evan. What does Evan think of all this? Hmm. Well, it's an interesting proposition. Most of the work I've done around town have been, uh, has not been my, uh, my style. But you are right about the cards. Sadly, the table is not going to be generous to me, at least until this is resolved, I would imagine. But uh, I'm going to look at the sheriff. Not sure how that would play well, considering it seems I am a suspect of sorts. So is half the town. Yeah, it would be true. And uh, regardless of my uh, encounter with them, I have no real motive for that. So it will be interesting to see. That it would. That it would. I'll think on it if you are interested. Tomorrow morning, be at my office. In the meantime, I think I have found all I'm going to find in this area. Well, if that is the case, I suppose we will return to that saloon, and I will have a meeting with the brother of that whiskey bottle that I have 
misplaced. At that point, a howl splits the air off in the distance. Sound of a wolf. One of the reasons why I'm short-handed. Eaten by wolves, I take it? Yeah, there's a... She kind of gets a look of disgust. Sheep farmer, not too far away, that had two of their animals torn up. Not that anybody likes sheep farming. This this town is uh, built on cattle, and sheep just tend to ruin things, but it's not illegal, so they come around when they can. Anyway, I need to be getting back to town. As do we, if the wolves are coming calling. Yes, I believe all this is an excitement. I failed to get any food. I think I need some food. <laughs> I do believe dinner is on the table, or will be once we get there. I'd offer you a lift, but I could probably only take one on my horse. That's fine. Hope he's going to look at the horse and the sheriff. I do appreciate your offer, but I think, uh, as my learned friend here has said, we'll walk. She nods. All right. Be careful. If you do see a wolf, there is a bounty on him. I will keep that in mind, sheriff. She gets to her horse and, you know, uh, Scooping up the bits of rope that are on the ground before heading out. All right, that evening, the grave is dug. Drinks are had. The, the saloon is starting to pick up a little bit of business, but there's still more interest in talking about the hanging than doing anything, playing games. Jalen, you have finished your grave. Yeah, and uh, if I get paid, Jalen will probably go to the boarding house and check in for the night and find a bath. And some way to get his clothes clean. You have baths at the boarding house. There is no bathhouse, though. A room in the boarding house probably has a tub, and they will warm up some water for you. Okay, I mean, that's his plan for the evening. Clean up, because it's been a while. Yeah, while you are cleaning up, you hear a, uh, probably as you're going past the, the desk at the boarding house to your room, there is somebody at the counter. Dressed in a nice new suit. He's kind of been seen around town, and he's uh, talking to the person. Are you sure you don't have a Stephen Black staying here? I have it on good authority that he was coming to this town, and I'm looking for him. It is urgent. No, no Stephen Black. I looked through our registry. Besides the hotel, is there anybody else that, that uh, puts people up, offers room and board? The houses might take on somebody if they're working for them, but that's about it. Let's see. Well, he kind of uh, pulls out a quarter and kind of slides it over. Come across anything, please let me know. We stand at the hotel for a bit. All right, mister. Okay. I, I don't know any Mr. Black, do I? No. Okay, so I guess it's an overheard thing that I... All right. So besides cleaning up and a bath, anybody else have plans for the night? Dinner and drinks, and listening to the gossip in tavern. Bar, I should say. Salud. The saloon. I was going to examine the body. That's right. Do you have any medicine? I do. Let me roll me medicine. Quickly, it's a five for basic things. Uh, the more detailed stuff you're looking for, the higher it's going to be. You know what? I'll spend a red chip to uh, pull another time. But... Alright. Eight. With the eight, you find out the same info. He he was definitely strangled before he was hanged. 
Um, he was dead quite a bit before the rope was uh, placed around his neck and he was hoisted onto the tree. He has a wound on the back of his head where he was hit by some scoundrel during the fight. He also has um, his fingernails are pulled apart from the nail bed on the tips as though he was digging at something. And there are uh, bits of rope fibers underneath the nails as though he was like, you know, trying to get a hold of this rope to maybe pull it away from his neck. Uh, So he presumably was strangled by the rope or a rope. And there are no other visible wounds on him other than the rope. And the head head injury. Nothing else on him, yeah. Uh, I will uh, point these things out. I will point out the uh, nails to the uh, undertaker and say, uh, uh, make sure to point this out before you uh, clean the nails uh, so the sheriff knows that apparently he was strangled with what appears to be some type of rope. Ah, yes, the sheriff took the rope with her. Well, she might be able to match the scratches, or I don't know. She she may be able to find the frayed rope, because it looks like he took a couple of chunks out of it. Alright, I go ahead and give him last rites. That way, hopefully his spirit will pass on, but also I don't want to use all my last material before the funeral. Well, I'm going to take him out there this evening. I doubt there will be a large gathering, though I hear Mr. Smith and his men are probably going to be in town for that. Yes, uh, do we know if he had any family back uh, from where he came from, or was he born here? I don't know. He worked for for William Smith. Maybe Mr. Smith knows. All right, Father, this evening, then, if you want to be out at the graveyard Uh, before sundown. Yes, uh... Hopefully I can talk to a few of his colleagues and Mr. Smith. I, I'm actually going to find a uh, some worker or maybe even a kid or something like that who will uh, go to the... basically come with me to the graveyard, and then once the uh, burial begins, he'll run down to the church and uh, ring the bells for the departed Mr. Cook. Oh, you can find a kid willing to do that. I will, of course, offer him a quarter for his work. So as the sun goes down and the bells start to ring, where do we find everybody that was not on the good side of Mr. Cook, that probably is not at the funeral? Saloon. Saloon. Um, actually, I'd probably attend just out of respect. The sheriff, however, is attending. So those of you in the saloon... Uh, you can hear the, the bells ringing at the church. A few of the people, the regulars in here, said that they were going to attend. Whether they did or not, nobody knows, because you guys aren't there to see if they are. But the place is a little on the light, popu- lightly populated side. There is a poker game going in a corner. Oh, they do have a poker game? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, they might join my poker game if they'll let them. It's like a fighter thing. So, uh, yeah, he'll approach it. Um, gentlemen, you mind if I, uh, sit in? Uh, they kind of look up at you. And somehow weren't here for the conversation or didn't know of your involvement and anything like that. And sure, pull up a chair. 
Alright, I'll pull up a chair and take a seat. So you're at the table. LP and Sunny, are you at the bar at a table? Uh, Sunny is going to be at a table having uh, her dinner, a meal. And she most likely is at a table by herself. LP's going to be at the bar. He'll be picking in his food as well. And getting the whiskey a little uh, little more strenuously than, than the meal. And he's watching Sunny with this, this look of confusion. That little bit of deja vu. Looks a little sweaty. Pale. That's because he's a lunger. He's not a lunger. My goodness. Just heat exhaustion. Uh, Sunny, give me a cognition check. I see all. I know all. Yes, you do. So you're sitting there having your meal alone at the table. A few people have thought, tried to, you know, invite themselves to the table, and after a look, they turn away. And, uh, you know, you're probably just picking at the food more than eating it. And out of the corner of your eye, you notice, maybe you're thinking of home, uh, or maybe it's a recent death or whatever, but you could have sworn you saw your brother, Liam. The dead one. And he was giving you one of those looks like he normally did back when he was still alive and at home and everything was, was, he was trying to cheer you up. And, uh, you know, as you do a double take, it looks like he points down at the floor, which you you, you look down and there's a quarter on the floor. And glancing back up, you know, there's empty table where you thought you saw him at. Nobody's sitting there. Nobody's been there all day, or since you've been in here anyway. So, seeing this, Sonny's just going to drop the silverware on the plate uh, loudly and push it away. And she's going to look back down on the floor to... She's going to close her eyes and tilt her head back down. And when she opens them again, she's going to look and see if that quarter is still there. Yeah, the quarter's still there. (sighs) Just staring at it. Eventually she'll... Reach down, grab it, put it on the table. And All right. As you reach down and grab it, a gunshot goes off. Came from outside of the saloon. There is the sound of broken glass. LP, you were watching. You may also roll cognition. I have cognified. I have cognified. Uh, you know, she had that look on her face. She looked down, sat there a minute, reached down, uh, and you see, as this this gunshot goes off, it hits the chair next to her, kind of on the upper end of the back. And judging by the height, it probably would have hit her if she hadn't reached for that quarter. Well, I'll be dead. All right, gunshot went off. Who's doing what? And everybody at the cemetery also hears this gunshot. The uh, preacher and Jalen and the sheriff. I was probably saying a few words, because no matter what kind of person you are, somebody should say a few words. Um, but when the gun shut off, went off, I probably was a bit startled, and then ran toward town. What about LP and Evan? Uh, as the shot goes off, LP is going to kick off from where he was at the bar, and he's headed towards Sunny, because that bullet was supposed to be hitting her, and that means she's going to need cover, so she can say goodbye to that meal that was on the table, because the table is going over, creating a barricade. Uh, I will sigh at the fact that we just, I just sat down to play cards, and sadly I can't do anything about it now. Um, uh, but I will also, 
Um, kind of take a look around at the other guys where they startled too, I would assume. Yes, everybody in the room is startled. Um, it's just happened, so it, even as you're looking around, people are starting to hit the ground. Uh, I will, I will follow uh, Elfie's uh, idea here, but I will not dump the table that has our cards on it because that'd be rude. Uh, I will take the table that's like closest to us and and, and set it to the side so it provides our car, our whole card table with cover. So you guys take cover in there. Uh, is Sunny doing anything? Besides having her her meal flipped out beyond reach, um, I think Sunny's going to probably try to stand up and look out the window to see who was firing. Okay, roll me cognition. Your target number here is a seven. Uh, we will spend a chip. Can you spend a red? So that's just rolling one extra die, right? Yeah, and adding it to your three. Eight. Eight beats the seven. Uh, you glance out the window, and you see a hint of blonde hair ducking behind, running towards, I should say, the, the house across the street behind the the bank there. Sunny's going to move to head out of the saloon towards, uh, towards that blonde, drawing her rifle as well. What about LP and Evan? Well... As Sunny has not taken the hint by taking cover because she just got shot at, LP is going to get to his feet sheepishly, draw one of his peacemakers, and follow. Good hack at half the speed because Sunny is freakishly fast. I'm not a freak. <laughs> I will. Um, I will also uh, more cautiously follow, more out of curiosity than anything else. Uh, Father James, you were. Given the service, and Jalen happened to be saying a few words, and the gunshot rang out. He started running. The sheriff started running. A few of the people are kind of looking around in shock and bewilderment, kind of looking to see if there's a danger to them, even though the gunshot was a bit farther away. I will simply close my Bible and say, I believe this will conclude the services. It would probably be best for you to Make your way to your homes or your residences to just stay safe, as it seems like someone has decided to start firing for some reason. A lot of them just kind of stay here at the moment because here is safe and they're not sure exactly where the shooting is. I would recommend that you take, uh, I think if there's trees or some type of cover around here, fences. Yes, they can find some trees to kind of get behind. I would recommend that you take cover then if you do not wish to uh, return home. It appears that our grave digger has left, so I shall open up the work. And I begin bringing up Mr. Crook. Oh, Sonny is freakishly fast. I'm almost as fast as Sonny. I just never hurry anywhere. What is Jalen's pace? Twelve. Jalen is also freakishly fast. What is, uh... Oh, Evan is taking his time, right? Yes, Evan is definitely taking his time. He's not in the mood to get into a gunfight any any, any time soon. So because Jalen is farther away, Jalen will probably get uh, into the area about the time LP is getting into the area. However, Sunny, uh, you go around that house, looking at the map, that was the house that it was. She was disappearing behind. 
Oh, where's the graveyard in conjunction to this? Down south of that. Okay, that's curious. And, uh, Sunny, as you get around that house, uh, you don't see her, but, um, kind of over on this side a bit, off of this particular map, but not too far, there are three dangerous individuals. They look dangerous because they have weapons out. Those weapons are kind of pointed in your direction, waiting for you to come into view. They seem to have, um, conveniently enough, like bandanas or handkerchiefs or something covering most of their faces. So between the hat and that, all you can see are their eyes. And so they are each, actually first, let's roll a surprise. And by rolling a surprise... He means to say you're about to get perforated. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. You are freakishly fast, so so you might be able to run bullets. Cognition, but let me make sure. Actually, just roll cognition. Are you by chance clueless? No, I am not clueless. But you are surprised. So you were chasing her down, expecting to to get the drop on her, and instead come around this corner to see three people uh, with pistols raised at you. And that's where we'll end for the night. Deadlands, The Weird West, Artwork, Logos, and The Pinnacle Logo are copyright 2018 Great White Games, LLC, DBA, Pinnacle Entertainment Group. Music from the Deadlands soundtracks used with permission. You can visit their website, www.peginc.com, to purchase Deadlands, the 20th Anniversary Edition, and other Deadlands materials. Relative Dimension is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial 4.0 International License. You can share us, but please give us credit. If you would like to get in touch with the Relative Dimension, you can visit our website at relativedimension.com. You can contact us, email, at podcast at relativedimension.com. You can visit our Facebook at facebook.com slash relativedimensionpodcast. You can check us out on Twitter at RelativeDPod. You can check out our Patreon if you wish to support us at patreon.com slash relativedimension. 